Dr. Olson. And um, somehow we'll segue from that into some discussion uh, surrounding the um, other event scheduled for this time, which is the um, initiations that will take place, of which there are quite a few. So we'll have to allow some time for that and may have to cut the discussion uh, or the Lila Kata a little short. Hmm. And uh, as mentioned yesterday, we um, began this discussion a little late, but there have been some um, extenuating circumstances, as you know, health issues and so forth. But um, the uh, we began yesterday with a discussion that um, um, involved the first place in the Bhagwat, which describes the manifest Leela, in which um, Krishna's adolescence is, is began to manifest, and as a result of that, or subsequent to that, the Purvarag, hmm? okay. uh, kind of a love and separation, a type of love and separation between Radha and Krishna at the budding um, time of, of puberty. Um, and uh, from there, the text itself, the Bhagavatam, goes into chapter 16 and 17, which, again, as I, I mentioned this yesterday, but worth repeating, is the um, Kaliya Lila, two chapters. But chronologically, um, it actually is a Poganda Lila. So Sukadeva is narrated it from Jiva Goswami's point of view out of ecstasy rather than out of adherence to any particular uh, chronology as he was moved in his core, the course of his um, uh, speaking to Prikshit Marsh. So that is it. So he went in that direction, whatever it may have been. I mean, largely it's fairly chronologically correct, but um, it differs from some of the other Puranas, which would focus more specifically on that rather than on the bhava, the feeling, the ecstasy, the rasa of it all, which is Sukadev's um, nature of his narrative. And we heard, for that matter, in the midst of this narrative, Sukadev is known to have become perfect, hmm? to become a siddha, to have attained the sadhya through his sadhana, um, of kirtan, this is a type of kirtan. Hmm? Uh, it's the uh, lila kirtan. We can uh, we can think of it in that way. Although more readily here in Gaudiya Sampradaya, we think of lila kirtan as uh, lila descriptions of leelas in song, hmm? with the call and response typical of of kirtan. But the narratives, um, such as the Bhagavat narrative. Lila narrative of Sukadeva is also a form of kirtan. <clears throat> Just for your information, um, to uh, clarify the fact that, as Rupa Goswami points out, Sukadeva became perfect by kirtan. So we have a good example. And who became perfect by, if Sukadeva became perfect by chanting, who became perfect by hearing? Any guess? Who is Sukadev speaking to? 
Oh, so that's your answer. Very good. He was listening. So he was drawing out from Sukadev with his enthusiasm to hear um, the kirtan of the sage, in the context of which he attained Gopi Bhav. This is how Sanatana Goswami looks at uh, Sukadev Goswami in his Priyat Bhagavatamrita. He was sitting on the bank of the Ganges and narrating the Leelas of Krishna. And these are, in, in this particular um, time in his narrative, he, he's obviously in the midst of Sakurasa narratives. And this, this is the Sakurasa center, aesthetic center, covering a number of chapters, as we discussed in the Bhagavatam. And as Krishna peeks into or enters the dawn of his adolescence and um, he um, exchanges glances and body language with, with the gopis in Purvarag. Although he's sitting on the bank of the Ganges doing kirtan, if you will, like we're doing now, right? He found himself internally uh, that he had become a member, hmm? uh, Goswami says, of, of the Brajalila. So his sadhaka deha, his practitioner's body, which is what we're said to receive at the time of initiation. I had mentioned in our previous um, um, session um, when we spoke about um, Prabhu Sanatan uh, Goswami that uh, at one point he came to Jagannath Puri and he, given the condition of his body and the apprehension that he had that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would embrace him and thinking that his body was impure, um, that, um, uh, that, they, that he should avoid that, he, he was thinking to throw himself under the Rathiatra cart of Jagannath, kind of Vaishnav suicide. But Mahaprabhu, as you may recall now, and most of you are here for that, I think, that discussion, um, stopped him from that to his omniscience. He um, uh, checked him from, from going forward with that plan. And at that time, he told him that Diksha Kale, at the time of Diksha, hmm, that one gets a body Esadaka Deha, that is uh, Chirananda Moy. Hmm? Chirananda Moy means, Chirananda means, Moy means like to be filled with knowledge and bliss. Hmm? Um, that tells us that initiation is a uh, something that um, well, it, it falls under the category of, of what we call sambandagyan, which is a, I like to refer to as a conceptual orientation. Hmm? How to, what's what? Hmm? And according to our conceptual orientation to life, right, um, then we're going to act in a certain way. It will foster a certain type of action. That's called in our the context of our tradition, the sambandha, the conceptual orientation, gives rise to bhakti, which is the abhideya, the way we act. Hmm? 
which gives rise to the prayojan, which is the goal, the fruit of it all. So sambandha, abhideya, prayojana. So the initiation falls under the um, heading of sambandha gyan. Sambandha literally means like uh, relationship. Hmm? So how things are related, uh, how you as a, as a, as a jiva related to Matt, to the Maya Shakti, to Swarup Shakti, to Bhagawan, how Bhagawan, how these energies are related to Bhagawan and so on and so forth. Uh, <clears throat> so initiation, which falls under the Sambandha Gyan, um, arguably, or well, what, uh, the idea is that it happens in a moment the tr- through the transmission of the mantra, which is the essence of the, of the entire affair, in Hari Bhakti Vilas, um, which is the book of Sanatana Goswami, hmm, where everything, how we do everything is described, right? Of course, it's been adjusted by Acharyas over the centuries and so forth, so it's, it remains relative to time and circumstances so on. But um, one of the things that we do is we give or we receive initiation, right? So how do the Godias do that? So how many versions does he give? Two or three? Three different versions. You do it like this. This is the longhand version. Hmm? Then there's the shorthand version. Hmm? And then uh, if you can't do it that way, well, you could do it this way. And if you can't do it that way, well, give the mantra. That's the essence of it all, right? So there are details, as we often say, and there are principles. So the sharing of the mantra. Sharing of the mantra means I share with you, so I, in, in this set setting at least, I share it with you, the guru shares it with the student, the student receives the mantra. and uh, But that's initiation also uh, from English, uh, using an English word to describe to, define or to translate, I should say, diksha. Diksha means the imparting of transcendental knowledge, but we call it initiation. Initiation is also a beginning. So it's it's appropriate in the, in, in the context of which I'm, a point I'm, I'm in the midst of making here. That, that being that the mantra is given, that's the, that's the initial part of the um, um, diksha. But then the disciple has to do something with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to, to chant the mantra. To We see, in, for example, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Gopa Kumar received the mantra. And, and that was his whole thing. That's what he did. And whenever he wanted to go anywhere, whenever he wanted to do anything, whenever he wanted to get anything, or he chanted his mantra. It was quite efficacious. Um, so... Given that the initiation is something that falls under the sambanda, and when we when we receive the mantra, it said we get a sadaka deha, a practitioner's body, rather than the body of a buddha jiva, and you know, an eternally conditioned jiva. Now you're coming under a different, um, uh, you're falling into a different category. You're no longer lost. You're found, right? And and one of my godbrothers used to say, 
Vishnu John Swami, the distance we have traveled thus far before meeting our guru is far greater than the distance that we have to traverse from this point onward. Hmm? So it may take some time, but the time that it's taken to get this far, you cannot even measure it. Hmm? So we think that's very, it's a very fortunate time for us. Hmm? Fortunate time to have a human birth, fortunate time to um, uh, have sadhu sangha hmm? and a sadguru. What I mean, what more? What more do you need, right? Bajuhure mana shinandanandana, abai charanada bindure, dulaba manava janama satsange, taraha e baba sindure, dulaba manava janama. The human life manava is janma is dulaba, but if you have that and dulaba manava satsanga, hmm? association with real. Hmm. With that which is eternal, with sadhus, hmm. sadguru, it's the context of sadhu sangha, we find a, a sadhu who stands out and his or her example inspires us and so forth. With these things in place, taraha baba, taraha baba sindure, you can cross over the ocean material existence, which is very difficult to do. Hmm kind of a drift in the ocean. So now you know, kind of a life raft has been thrown, right? So the point I'm making is that, um, that, that when we receive the mantra, you may question, well, okay, now I've got a sadhaka deha and according to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which he told Sanatana Goswami, it's Chidananda Moy. It may not feel like it's Chidananda Moy. Like it's full of knowledge of bliss and so forth. Well, that's because you have to, it's it's uh, he also says what does he say atma samarpane when you receive the initiation and you give yourself hmm? what is the word you use they say atma samarpane yeah atma samarpane when you give it back <laughs> so I'm it's like a sharing right so I'm going to give you something you have to give something back and, uh, which is yourself, and to the mantra, right, which you receive, which is non-different from Krishna, in, within which and out of which your relationship with Krishna in eternity will arise. So this is a very special um, thing. That means that, that by applying yourself with, as a sadhaka, which is, Okay, sadhaka means a practitioner. So that's different than a siddha, hmm? right? A perfect, perfect and practice are two different things, but not entirely because practice makes perfect. That's an English saying. Practice makes perfect, right? And that's a very, very consistent Gaudiya saying also. What you practice, you will become. Hmm? Uh, the Gita says it in another way. What does it say in the eighth chapter of the Gita? Whatever is on your mind, then, that you will attain another birth accordingly. Yam yam bapi smaram babam, charite ante kalevaram, tam tam evati konteya, sanata bhava bhavitaha. So, what you think about, well, that's what you practice, what you did, how you how you conducted yourself. 
um, what you talk about, what you, what you will think about, and so forth. And that will have a net result, if you will, in, at the time of death, and that will determine the next birth. So that's in a broad sense. And then within the context of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that as we practice, so we will attain a, a corresponding perfection. So uh, given that a sadhaka deha, a practitioner's body that we receive at the time of initiation is by its very definition a work in progress. It's not a siddhadeya, it's a, it's a sadhaka deha, it's a practitioner's body. Hmm? So you're, you're given a practitioner's body means you're, 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 you're initiated into a practice, right? Hmm? Um, um, and, and, and therefore, it's not something, initiation, and this is my point, that happens in a moment. Hmm? It, it could. And there may be some extraordinary examples where the mantra is imparted and Gadadhar Pandit, you know, realizes everything. But there are not a lot of Gadadhar Pandits amongst us these days. And so... And we see that it, it, it takes time. Hmm? We have, the body is made of senses, and those senses identify with, contact, sense objects, objects of sight, sound, touch, and so on and so forth. And we like some, we don't like the others, we find some hot, others cold, this and that, and so on and so forth. And then a, so an identity is arising out of that. That's the material identity. And the, the practice of bhakti if you will, is one in which we practice and catch ourselves and correct ourselves from doing that. And in its stead, we contact sense objects like the beautiful flower, and we immediately see the flower, we immediately think, oh, that would look so much more beautiful if it was in Krishna's hand. We might think I'll beautify Krishna, but then when we give it, we see the flower looks more beautiful now. <laughs> so uh, we don't, I'm just giving an example, look at the world and it doesn't speak to us like that at every turn. It doesn't sound like that to us. It doesn't look like that to us, right? It doesn't feel like that to us because we've been feeling, seeing and hearing in a very different way that has fostered an ongoing <coughs> chain of changing identities in samsara or the cycle of birth and death. This is a very practical, down-to-earth way of changing your uh, entire identity. And it's one to, from material to spiritual, where, as I say, we are trying to come in touch with sense objects, which we do inevitably, right? Even in the contemplative life, it's unavoidable. And in the context of doing so, make that connection with sense objects that our senses make, one that is for the pleasure of Krishna, rather than just for the pleasure of our senses, which would mean, of course, and which does mean that, well, some things that have been pleasurable to the senses, we will reject because that won't be favorable uh, for Krishna's service or won't be pleasing to Krishna. And some things that we 
didn't like, well, we, we find that they are favorable for Krishna's service. So we, we, we will embrace them. This is, a, this is what sadhana is about. It's a, it's a in the words of Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, a, 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 um, uh, what did he say? Um, a um, uh, fire of ordeal, something like that, right? Hmm? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a love is born from the womb of sacrifice, right? Hmm? So sadaka deha is a work in progress. When Mahaprabhu says, at the time of diksha, your body becomes filled, we have to think, well, what is the time of diksha? It's a, it's a time. It, it has a beginning. But the time span of it, is what I'm saying, extends beyond the moment of imparting the mantra. And it extends to the time in which you, uh, or the student, is successful in responding to that which is, which is given, which will take some time, and this is a learning curve. And, you know, we've been going in an entirely different direction, as I'm explaining, for longer than time, it, you know, exists. So to change the course, as you are doing, all of us, we must have come in touch with something pretty profound. If you think of the nature and the measure, the extent of our conditioning that has no beginning, how we've been habituated to move, and there's the momentum behind that for so long. Now, some of that momentum is still carrying us, obviously, right? And we're still you know, burdened by it, if you, if, you, if you will. But we have been kind of like, well, run into like, somebody hit the brakes here. Hmm? That's the power of Sadhu Sangha. Hmm? You don't, I mean, I'm not sure how you realize how, how dramatically the course has been changed. Hmm? Hmm? A whole different, uh, I mean, we couldn't even see what was ahead. And then a whole new picture is given what the, what, what the possibility is, what the prospect is, and how we were going in the wrong direction. Very, it's, uh, so this, uh, this must be a force outside of nature itself. It must be supernatural because it's moving against the nature hmm, of our conditioning and our identification with the natural world, Right. I mean, and it, it's twofold in one sense because material nature has been trying to tell us, but <laughs> she doesn't speak the same language. Material nature is, well, not supernatural, it's natural. Hmm? So she doesn't speak the language of value, purpose, hmm? meaning, and all these things pertain to consciousness. They're qualitative, and we're of that nature. So it's a little hard for nature to talk to us. Hmm? But she does in some ways. There are ways, and we'll come to that also in our discussion, how we can communicate with nature through ritual and so forth. But indirectly, the, the, the problems that we run into in life, the failures, the, the difficulties, uh, if we just could use our intelligence a little bit, reflect on it, we see, well, maybe, I, you know, maybe I'm going in the wrong direction. And we, there's a, we, we can get through that push, if you will, of material nature, which Bhagavatam, in the Bhagavatam, she says, I feel bad about it, but that's like, what can I do? It's who I am. I'm also a maid servant of God, but I'm, you know, I'm not conscious. 
So what can I do, you know, directly in his service, who is the Param uh, Brahman, hmm? Supreme Consciousness. Uh, I've got these little consciousnesses uh, that are uh, uh, small, the small gods, because the one God decided to become many. Hmm? They're in my midst. And, you know, they don't really belong here either. They make me move, but they make me move. And the purpose really properly understood of my movement is to, is to push them in towards their maker, to help them meet their maker <laughs> indirectly, material nature indirectly pushing us in that direction. And when we get to a point where we think, oh, you know, this, this is not working, <laughs> um, then we're actually, let, we're actually starting to communicate with nature. Hmm? You've been taking from me. Uh, you know, I've been patient, huh? but it's not working for you. Can you see? So, uh, whereas nature can only speak to us indirectly, hmm? being objective, and ourselves being subjective, hmm? being nature being non-experiential, and ourselves being experiential by nature, qualitative a unit of value, meaning, purpose, and so forth. And all that's coming to the fore in human life. So along with nature, pushing in one way, you have sadhu sangha coming in the other way. And the sadhus, they can speak our language, the language of consciousness, right? Because they are sat. Hmm? They are a sangha of sat. That which endures, that which has meaning, purpose, that which is. Hmm? We'll be here today, and a lot like nature, it won't be gone tomorrow. Hmm? And we are of that nature. So the sadhu can speak directly to us. So these two forces, at a certain fortunate point in our lives, uh, is, is what um, trajects, us, trajects us, puts us on the trajectory towards, um, towards, towards Prem through the means, the method, the practice that we call sadhana bhakti, which is practicing life. So there's ups and downs. There's um, um, times when we are more successful than than, than not. Um, but over time, within the within sambanda, before the abhideya, the practice that arises out of the conceptual orientation is full. Hmm? It's full when it's not just done with the senses. What I mean by that is when we do kirtan with the senses, we hear and we use the ears, we use the tongue. And, and so we do archan and then all of our senses are engaged in archan hmm? um, and so on and so forth. Um, we are as sadhakas doing this without, um, because we've seen others do it and it looks like it really works for them. Great. And they say that it does. And we feel that they're, they're right because it, it, it makes sense. And sometimes by their good association and the type of events that they create, so to speak, um, by, by who they are. Because they like to talk about Krishna and chant, they have festivals and and so on. We come to them, we get absorbed, and we get a, a shadow. We have a shadow experience of what is their um, life, 
an abhas of the bhava or the emotion that is driving their kirtan, their shravanam, their, their smaranam, and so forth. And it, it's, it, it's very electrifying for us and, and, and it's somewhat contagious and inviting and uh, inspiring and so forth. But that is not our reality yet as a sadhaka. We're not, all of our practices are not being driven by emotion. Bhakti fully understood it's all about emotion. Therefore, when the sadhaka attains bhava, which is the, the second stage, we have sadhana bhakti, begets bhava bhakti, begets prema bhakti. It's like a, un, like a blossom, like a, you know, a, a unripened fruit and, and ripe fruit, bright fruit, something like that, let's say. Hmm? Um, <clears throat> so it's not different things. It's the same thing, right? Hmm? Um, in different stages. A mango is a mango is a mango. Hmm? You can point to the tree and say, there's a mango. And you can hold one in your hand and say, put it on your tongue, there's a mango. They seem, they might look different to the uninformed, but one who knows better identifies them not as, as two different things, right? The fruit is the tree, the seed is the tree, the tree is the seed, the tree is the fruit, and so on and so forth. So sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, prema bhakti. But when the sadhana is completed, hmm, then one att attains bhava bhakti. Now, in bhava bhakti, the, the, the sadhana will go on. Hmm? But it, now it is fully informed, not theoretically informed by discourse, by our study, and by lessons we learn through our experience. But it's it's... In, it's the practice is informed by realization, hmm, bhava, of the of the identity that we're working on bringing out, manifesting. Hmm? That's different than the material identity that arises from our sense and uh, senses in touch with sense objects for the pleasure of the senses, and so we've been we've been trying to please Krishna's senses, so we become successful, right? And sadhana bhakti, that's bhava bhakti. Now your bhakti goes on, but now it's fully informed. It's driven by emotion. Right? That's when this initiation now is complete. The sambandha is now complete. So uh, when it's complete, then what Mahaprabhu told Sanatan, hmm, that Diksha Kale at the time of Diksha, that you get a, 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 a body hmm, uh, that is Chidanandamoy. Because in case you wonder, well, it didn't look like I got one. Did you get one? <laughs> I just wanted to explain that point to you. <laughs> it takes a little bit of time. Um, so we, we and, and of course, we, we, we went into, segued into this, which seems appropriate. It just happened to be go that way, uh, given the fact that, uh, as mentioned earlier, we we're going to uh, impart the mantra to some um, students this morning. But we got there by way of speaking about 
Sukadev's experience, right? He was a sadhaka. Hmm? He was doing this kirtan of Lila, Lila kirtan, um, Lila narrative to explaining to, 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 to Parikshit Maharaj. And he went through nine cantos, 10 chapters, so that, and 10, and, and, and nine, nine cantos and, and um, 14, uh, 15, 15 chapters of the 10th canto. It took him a while to get there, but he arrived. He was sitting on the bank of the Ganga in his Sadaka Deha, and they saw, I have another body. And in this case, it was, it was, it was a Gopi Deha. He, he attained Swarup City. Such is the power of these... Um, 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 of the Bhagavad, of Harikirtan, um, and so forth. So that's where we left off hmm, in the last class of the Bhagavatam. And um, it's, it's very beautiful because um, it's in the middle of the Sakiras narrative, but it's just now the gopis are just side just being introduced which is as i've said before these are very compatible in the brudge only these two are compatible sakya and 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 madhuri and they're the main focus of gaudi vaishta madhuri rasa in particular and sakya rasa has a supporting uh, role it has it supports that role of madhuri and it, it, it has its own life so um, just as within that Sakira center, there's, there's start to mention of the young gopis and Krishna's reaction and his Narmasaka's kind of, their, their particular uh, contribution and seva starts to, to manifest. At this point, Sukadev had his, uh, realized himself. Hmm? Hmm? Wow. From there, then, um, the, uh, we're taken to the 18th chapter, and I mentioned this the last uh, session that we had, 18th chapter of the Bhagavatam, um, which is uh, centered on uh, Balaram's slaying of Perlambasur, but that comes at the end of the chapter. And I wanted to get to that. I don't know if we will uh, while we're here. Not today, but, uh, um, but um, the chapter begins, and that's where we turn our attention now, with once again... The, another description, if there, I don't think there can be enough of them, of Krishna's returning to the village. <laughs> um, because it's following a particular, well, the chronology, if you will, of Sugadev's ecstasy. So um, in that context, Kaliya has been slain and everyone's going to comes back to the village. Um, and so the cowherds are coming back. The first three verses um, describe this. First three verses of the chapter. And, and that um, that is followed by several verses, um, by about four verses, that further describe the uh, environment. What, what, we, what we're entering into here is also a particular season hmm, in, in Braj. This is the summer season now that's coming. And so, so, so there's a description of the the cowherd boys returning with, with Krishna and Ram and, and their cows into the village, 
that's followed by some description of, of the of the climate, the, the nature of the, the the seasons, and so forth, and um, and then suddenly, it's followed by a, a beautiful prakash or a picture of uh, Krishna and Balaram and the cowards heading out into the forest. It's, it's just a reversal. There's a reason for that. That it suddenly. They're going back out. That those two things you you think they would be separated by what's going on in between, and so forth. Um, the reason for that is to um, emphasize the fun-filled nature of summer. Hmm? We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. This is the time of the year, summer. That's under discussion, and Krishna is a full adolescent. So, unlike earlier sections. Of the Bhagavatam and 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 within the Sakyarasa Center, again, you know, there will be gopis will will show up here and there, right? So Atar Krishna, Parivrito Gnati Bir Mudita Mobhi. Sukadeva Goswami, of course, he's speaking, and he says that uh, Krishna. Then thereafter, Krishna, Parivrito um, surrounded. By um, his companions, who are muditatmabhi, who's like, uh, who are like, who are abounding in bliss, they, they, their, their selves, their atma, has reached the highest light, if you will. There's a famous statement in the Chandogya Upanishad that. He attains his his nature and uh, dances and uh, laughs and plays. Hmm? Hmm. What's that all about? So then, the, the commentators in the sutras try to explain that, but um, the answer, short answer, is that. That having attained the highest light, the, the full potential, the, 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 the light of the Atma, hmm? that's what's found in this word here, is realized uh, in, in that, of course, turns us to the Taitreya Upanishad and the, and the Anandavali and the idea that he is rasa, and by knowing him as such, one tastes rasa. Hmm? Of course, the nature of the rasa here is Sakirasa. It's a way here of saying they, they, these are not ordinary boys. That, that will be these kind of things are emphasized subtly and and, and overtly throughout because uh, the, the narrative is is kind of walking, as I sometimes say, a tightrope between Aishvarya and Madhurya. Aishvarya and Madhurya. He's God, but he's awfully sweet. He doesn't seem like seem like he's God, but he's but he's he's got friends. What the heck, All right? Mm-hmm. Back and forth, because only if he's God does it become sweet that he has friends and he acts like this. That's that becomes very Aishvarya. You understand the sweetness really of Krishna is the fullest manifestation in one sense of his majesty. What could be more wonderful and unbelievable? Aishvarya means like that. Wow, unbelievable, transcendental. Uh, so we think of that ordinarily as well, okay, God, like I said the other day, is four-handed. Ooh, that's pretty different. Um, 
whereas he's two-handed, he's sweet, he's human-like, he's accessible. Hmm? That's a fact. But that accessibility, that sweetness, properly understood, is actually the, actually the full face of, wow, <laughs> he who is everything is like that. He's, and he's like that to associate with it, with it, with it, associating in love with his devotees and I can become such a devotee. That's like, that's why I, I think it's Balde Bidibhusan says something like on the back of the heads of all the bridge bosses, it says Aishwarya. But they can't see it. You know, they can't see the back of, but someone else might see the back of their head, only one of the others, but um, love is blind. So uh, they're actually, in other words, what that this muridatma um, uh, being, um, with the implication of this word, they, they have, here they are, they're like just like herding cows, you know, but they, they have attained the highest possible, most venerable position that you could possibly attain. They, they've always felt very nice and beautiful and accurate and appropriate, I would say, of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to have, uh, have put the Rag Marg in, in one verse that Pujapat Srinivas liked so much that he like put it on in stone, you know, in, over his altar to Chaitanya Saraswat Mat. Pujala Raga Patagodava Mange, Matala Harijan Kirtananange, Matala Harijan. What's the other saying? It says to Vishayarange, Kirtananange, Vishayarange. He said that we don't worship. Krishna in awe and reverence, but we show awe and reverence for the worship of Krishna hmm, that is constituted of such intimacy that it doesn't even look like worship. Hmm? And this is particularly the case within the Sakuras where there's such equality hmm, hmm, between Krishna and his friends and his devotees, they're equals. Right? This is this is extraordinary, wonderful. So, ata Krishna parivrito gnati bi munitat muditatma bi anu ki yamano nyabi shat brajam go kula manditam. Well, let me read the translation. He says that. Um, Thereafter, surrounded and praised in song by Asakas whose souls abounded in bliss, Krishna entered the village, adorning Braj with Gokul, the multitude of his and his friends' herds of cows. Hmm? This is the first verse. Here... Um, It's mentioned that the village was adorned with a multitude of cows. Now, it's said that Nanda Maharaj had 900,000 cows. One of my godbrothers once did a calculation. <laughs> and he, because Vrindavan, or let's say the, the Braj Mandal, is said to be 
a certain, um, I would say, dimensionally, uh, you know, it, it has its, uh, its so many square kilometers, right? I forget, 16 something, 32, 64, uh, that it has a, a, that is delimited, okay? It has a particular size and so forth. Now, it's interesting to note, important, that to think of Vrindavan, Navadweep, Puri, the Dham, as being a limited uh, physical location is a Dham Aparad, offense to the Dham. So we have to understand this, these descriptions of the dimensions at the same time. What they are is, is that there are dimensions for the sake of the Leela, hmm? in the context of the Leela. Just like it, you know, it's certain number of steps to go from, you know, Govardhan to Radhakund and so forth. It, it has to work like that in the Leela. So this is how it how it feels in the in the Leela. But to get to the Leela, you have to start by knowing this Dham is non different than Krishna himself. And Krishna's everywhere. Right? Where is Krishna? He's omnipresent. I say sometimes, I've said before, reality is a person. It's just not us. I mean, <laughs> that's how we think. We kind of look as if the world is like for us, moving around us. We're constantly finding it's not, but we still think it must be. If I keep trying, um, I'll be able to control the whole thing, but it's not. But but it is a person. What does the Gita say? Jagadavyaktamurtina. The world is 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 my, is is my form, or part of my form. Everything within Krishna. I mean, isn't that what your soda saw? Right? Can you argue with that? She looked into his mouth for dirt, and she found the whole of material existence inside of him, while she was sitting outside of him. And Krishna says, "Just see my mystic power." To see my achinta shakti, what is in the ninth chapter of the Gita, this is another example of beta bed, right? Everything inside of him, and he's outside of everything. We call this a panentheistic perspective. You have the theistic classical uh, perspective where God is sacred and everything below is profane, hmm? and the two shall never meet. And then you have the pantheistic. On the other side, God is everything. Hmm? The, the classical theistic perspective is the origin of our environmental uh, dilemmas, hmm? unfortunately. Uh, I start somewhere. And uh, the pantheistic perspective, which doesn't beget that kind of a problem, hmm? Hmm? has its own problem. That the personality of the God had any lovable in a real sense, hmm, um, uh, prospect, hmm, uh, uh, a lo love for God is absent. I mean, how do you love everything? I mean, you, I mean, it's it becomes more uh, uh, less specific. The more specific, the more the love can be concentrated. This was our Arjun's experience, right in the Gita. 
Krishna showed himself to be everything. And, he's, and he said, how do I love that? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, but um, could you just come back into your forearm form and then your two-arm form? Hmm? Then I can taste sakya, hmm? intimate love in, 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 in friendship. Otherwise, with everything, I, I can't put my arms around everything. <laughs> it's just not possible. I'm, I'm small. I'm part of it too. How do I love it? I'm, I, so, you know. So what's that? Right. He made a calculation, and he said that uh, he said that uh, that Prabhupada uh, Maharaj has nine hundred thousand cows, and my calculation is they won't fit inside of Vrindavan. <laughs> and Prabhupada said. Um, you read too much. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> excuse me. So, the point here is that, yes, Nanda Marsh has a herd of 900,000 cows, and that's a big herd of cows, I can tell you. You don't know. I got four or five, and that's a, you know, a handful. Nine hundred thousand cows. Now that's Nanda Maharaj's cows. What's being described here is, with the, the way the word Gokul is being used here, is a multitude of cows. Now you think nine thousand, hundred thousand—that's a multitude. But each boy has his own family, each friend of Krishna, and they have cows. Hmm? And some of them are pretty big herds, like Sridham's herd is comparable to his father's herd, Vishwamana Maharaj, to that of Nanda Maharaj. Some have smaller herds, of course, but, but 900,000 is the starting point, <laughs> is the point. Of course, these are numbers that, that, that really are meant to speak to us of, of a realm that, that is beyond counting, right? Because to count and to measure, that is maya. That is what the word maya means, to measure. Reality is not measurable. It's not something that we can bring within the fists of our intellect, capture it. If you can measure it, then you must be above it. Hmm? So this is not possible. I mean, you just look and see. I mean, uh, just the, the uh, just the ex exploration. What you know, if you want to start, Europe goes west. You know by boat and, and they don't fall off you know it's not flat it's round and then you, you know you and then you populate the earth and so forth and then you start heading into the sky and then it's it's just, and then it's the space and and uh it's there's just it's there's no end there right and that's the material existence it's also infinite hmm? infinite number of jivas all these things are inconceivable and, and this is a this is an important point. There are things that are inconceivable. Hmm? Uh, Mahabharat makes the statement. It's important, and they should be accepted on the basis of shastra and not allowed to get in our way by trying to wrestle with them, make them fit, or dismiss them. Right, which would mean they really the thinking process, the logical process, got in the way. And that's not an unreasonable, you know, suggestion. 
it's a statement uh, uh, to em emphasize the limitations of knowing by logic, by reason. Mm. It's tarko pratishtana. You never get anywhere. There's always another reasoning that can. Uh, you take. Let's take the physical laws. Mm. The physical. Well, you can't change the physical laws, right? Of course, you don't know them all. And those that you think you know, what do you really know? You really know only a, a conscious experience of what the physical world is like. It may correspond with somebody else's, human anyway, conscious experience of what the world's like and how it works. But it, you cannot empirically say hmm, that what we know through physics is what the, what the physical world is, is like. Hmm? It's just a conscious experience of it. I mean, you can say there's a moon so many miles away. That's just, you know, we just go in there inside of consciousness. That's where you're going. Hmm? How do the, how does, what, what about the, how do the devas look at it, for example? And there's a good theory these days that, oh, maybe the humans are just a, what do they call it? A human, uh, a computer simulation. There's credible theories, so so-called. So there has to be a a computer or whatever, whatever, whatever you know, pro programmer on the other end, right? So, some type. So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, um, we should move in the direction of consciousness, the subjective world. And uh, it's much more friendly and there are many more possibilities there and, and so on and so forth. So this is deep within that subjective world where Krishna Leela manifests, where the consciousness of consciousness is love. Hmm? The consciousness of consciousness. I'm using the two words in slightly different ways, but... Uh, this is this is the Braj Leela, and here the, the term, of course, comes Braj too. In Braj, hmm, the multitude of cows coming in with Krishna and Balaram behind them, surrounded as they are by their friends who are singing their glories, hmm, hmm, and the cows then decorate the whole of the village. Hmm, they decorate it, right? Hmm which is brudge, the very word itself means like what cow, cow sheds, cow pastures, cow, it, it, it has a, it has a um, um, movement is implied in it. It's a, what is a verb? It must mean to, to, to go, to move, to, to, it's a, it's a nomadic. Hmm. Cowherds are nomadic. Even as they crossed from um, Gokul, the Jamuna, they arrived in the, in the summer. This is earlier in the 11th chapter of the 10th canto. Hmm. They arrived there, and, and, and uh, so, uh, the text says, Vane Sukam. Sanatana Goswami comments. It means that the summer is particularly happy and fun time. Hmm. Here, now it's a little later, but again, Summer is coming. That this comments in this text as well. This idea, hmm? the fun of summer. We'll get to that. But in Brudge, they've arrived again. Well, they are, and it's all decorated by the cows. And 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 Brudge is well. 
they came from Gokul is in Braj. They came across the Jumuna. They came into Vrindavan. Hmm? The Pogonda Leela, the, the, the Kumar Leela is in Gokul. The Pogonda Leela is in, in Vrindavan. And it involves moving around hmm? from place to place. Rashid said in one Purana, maybe Haribam's Purana, when they crossed the Jamuna on bullock carts floating across the Jamuna, right? Mm -hmm. The whole village, they moved to Vrindavan in order to be close to Govardhan Hill, where Upananda, the elder brother of Nanda Marsh, had scouted ahead and found there's great grasses over there, and you know, we're cowherds, so this is a, a good place to, to relocate to. The pastures are getting a little thin here. So they moved there, and when they arrived, they made a like a U shaped. Uh, they they made the, took their bullock carts and made a U shape against the flat or straight line of the Jamuna, hmm? protected on the that side by the Jamuna, and by the covered wagons on the other side. And they went to bed. When they woke up, there were palaces everywhere. <laughs> Krishna had, and Balaram had manifested domiciles and so on and so forth. So there are different ways it's described. But eventually, of course, they go to Nandagram. And they, typically, the um, adolescent leaders of Krishna um, are performed at a time when he's living at uh, Nandagram. We're hearing this morning how he goes to Nandagram and returning home, right? And and it depends where Radha's staying. Six months of the year, she stays with her mother-in-law. Six months, she stays at her father's house. So the, the, which route he will take to go home in the, in, the, in the late afternoon depends where she's, she's staying, that he might get a glimpse of her. They might pass by, and, and, and the, 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 it's just the wind carrying her scent will we'll, we'll, we'll touch him, hmm? such as his thinking, such as his hope, his aspiration, his desperation, his necessity. Hmm? <laughs> peculiar, as it is, but it's necessity. Is it peculiar that God needs friends? Yes. Why does he have, what kind of necessity is that? How could God have a necessity? It's a necessity for love. Hmm? I mean, oh, that makes sense, okay? Hmm? If you have love and you want, you don't want anything else. You just want more of the same. <laughs> you don't want anything else. You want more of the same, and it has no depth. No, it has what's depth, and it's very deep. It has no bottom, right? It has no limit. You can't measure love. So, brudge anyway. They, they enter into the brudge. It's a, it's a, we, we can draw from it as sadhakas the, 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 the idea that we need to be a little flexible, ready to move. Hmm? I've been asked before by some devotee maybe in Alaska, what do I do? There's no, you know, there's no sadhu sangha here. I said, well, move. <laughs> I mean, you know, is that what are you what are you trying to accomplish here? You know, you're trying to go to Goloka. All you got to do is to move from Alaska to California. You know, that to have the, the kind of essential ingredient, if you will, sadhu sangha. Is that much doubt? Oh, yeah, that's a lot. There. So, uh, so we have to be a little flexible. Mahaprabhu speaks about this flexibility. We want a body that's a siddha deha arising out of our sadhaka deha. How flexible is that? Hmm? 
Here we speak about metaphorically about hearts melting, right? Sneha, this is a, a development within within Prem, in Braj, a kind of affection. And when, when, when this manifests, the hearts actually melt. The hearts are made of Bob. It's Bhavadeha. The Siddhadeha. This is the meditative internal body. It arises like Sukadevs did, right? Out of properly applying oneself as a sadhaka. And so it's a very it's very flexible, the Bhavadeha. It can do things that you know our, our physical bodies are are uh, unable to do. Hmm? But Mahaprabhu says, if you want such a body that has uh, that is 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 um, um, how we say um, celebrating in astasatvika bikar, there's no bikar for the atma. Bikar means transformation, like birth, growth, hmm? maturation, dwindling, and dying. That doesn't happen for the self, but there are spiritual transfer, transfer spiritual kinds of bikar. Hmm? Indeed, Radha Krishna Pranay Rikutir, Alini Shakti Rasmad. Radha herself is a transformation, a bikar of the pranay, of the love, mm-hmm. of Krishna's love. And so, astasattvika bikar means, for example, involuntary transformations of ecstasy that, uh, um, that uh, uh, decorate the, the, the transcendental uh, uh, body of the devotees. So this is very desirable. If you want this, Mahaprabhu says, you have to become a little flexible first. You have to be able to move like this. Jinadapi sunichena, prodapi sahishnuna, fanina manadena, kirtaniya sadahari. You have to be a little flexible. You have to be able to bend a little bit, <laughs> with your, quite a bit, with your sadhakadeya. Well, what people are pushing back, huh? like the blade of grass, let them push. Hmm? If you are doing kirtan, you cannot be harmed. Kirtaniya hmm? sadhari, nothing can harm you. Hmm? It may appear, they may vilify you, they may uh, harm you physically, or they may insult you hmm? mentally and so forth. But hmm? if we're doing kirtan, then we'll be consistently hmm? Hmm? Not letting distractions get in our way. We're moving towards the perfection of our sadhaka deha. Hmm? Then uh, you have nothing to worry about. Nothing can hurt you. You can just bend over. Hmm? And people see that and think, oh, what kind of person is that? Hmm? So to be a devotee, it's a big, big... uh, Adventure and a challenge, right? <laughs> so, let me continue. That is the first verse of the three. A brief discussion of it. <clears throat> let me read it again. Thereafter, surrounded in praise and song by Asakas, whose souls abounded in bliss, Krishna entered the village, adorning Braj with Gokul, the multitude of his 
and his friends cows, herds of cows, not just cows, herds of cows. Thus, verse 2, the two brothers played in preo bhakti in the nomadic realm of Braj, and they did so in the guise of protecting cows, Gopala Chadmamayaya. As the summer season characterized by heat waves that are unpleasant, Natiprayan, to the senses, Shariram, arrived. So here we find probably the, well, a, a, a very um, profound insight in the verse. That the two brothers played in Preo Bhakti. Preo Bhakti, of course, is the term that, that Rupa Goswami uses to describe Bhakti. It means uh, like uh, pleasing, hmm? pleasing, the pleasing one. Hmm? Some say it means the second one, hmm? the second pleasing one. Um, um, it, 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 in that regard, it's worth noting that um, Jiva Goswami, in his Priti Sandarbha, places the excellence of Sakirasa above the excellence of Vatsali Rasa, hmm? as in this way differs from Rupa Goswami, who places the excellences of Vatsalya above Sakya. Now, of course, um, Rupa Goswami would not disagree that there are aspects or types of Sakiras that certainly do exceed in, in excellence of intimacy mm, um, and developments of Prem mm, um, that uh, exceed the possibilities within Vatsalya. Mm. Perhaps it could be harmonized in that way. Mm. But the pleasing one mm, and um, that's a long uh, conversation, the history of uh, Indian aesthetics, the word prayan and how it plays out and so forth. But Rupa Goswami has identified this, uh, he's employed this word. And, uh, and he says the two brothers, they played in prayo bhakti, right? In the nomadic realm of Braj. And they did so in the guise of protecting cows. Now that's the central point here in the verse. Gopala Chadmamaya. So they did so in the guise of protecting cows. So what does it mean here? There are, there's, there's three meanings we'll draw from this. He's saying that they were disguised as, as coward boys because actually they're God. And that's the obvious and earliest first message. That, that again, we want to be reminded, and Sugadev wants to remind us that, look, I'm talking about something here. It's like really extraordinary. The, I know it sounds like they're just herding cows, which is like not the highest occupation in the world. Um, it's not even, you know, it's like out in the back, you know, it's, it's not in part of the metropolitan Big Apple or whatever it is in Europe. That's, <laughs> you know, the New York or the Hollywood or something where it's all about to happen. That's what they, they the cities lead us to believe just about something big is just about to happen. <laughs> just looking for it at every, at every minute. Meanwhile, it's happening out in the cow fields and in the farms where they're actually growing food, producing milk and making life possible. Right. Mm -hmm. 
that's a big problem. So, um, so he wants to remind us that 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 um, well, they're herding cows, but he says that they're the disguise of herding cows. The implication means they're actually God. Remember that now that they're God. Hmm? Now, herding cows again. It's thought. Um, and Baladev Bidibhushan makes this point in his commentary on the Loga Bhagavatamrita. He says that we should not think that how can God be a cow herder, which is such a lowly occupation. Now, this is how people in India, you know, would think about this hundreds of years ago. The cow herds, they're like low people. We might not think like that. We have a different, you know, orientation and indoctrination and so forth. But they think like that. The coward people, they're like jungle people, you know, out in the back. You know, they don't they don't get educated, you know, they have their own simple rituals and superstitions and whatnot that that uh, govern their lives and so forth so forth. They're not sophisticated. Um, so therefore you can understand from Baladev's commentary and other similar comments previous acharyas and times gone by that people had this kind of a you know block like how can god be a coward you want to add to that how can he be you know an, an illicit lover at the same time it's getting worse you know but, <laughs> but with regard to the cow herding um <laughs> the uh well they be some busan in his commentary and logobagatamer to makes the point that no, don't, you should not think like that. It says because after all, he refers to the Gosukta, where it's described that, uh, that all the Vedic mantras are cows. The cows are manifestations of the Vedic mantras. It's, it's all like you know, part of like Goloka. There's a place called Goloka, actually. Uh, so, so it's not a lowly occupation. Um, but nonetheless, still, it's it's any occupation of the of this world, or any ordinary type of dealing, was is would seem not the place you know for God to be to be to be found. But he's describing such an ordinary setting, and he wants to emphasize to the readers that that this is a disguise. He's actually Bhagwan. So that's the basic general. A meaning that we we'll, we'll draw from it, but that um, that in the guise of adhering to the dharma of a cowherder as a Vaishya, Krishna hmm, was actually only pursuing prayobhakti. Hmm? So we're going inside the Leela now. The first explanation takes us kind of outside the Leela. Oh, okay, he's God. And he's disguised like this and, and so forth. Affording intimacy and so forth. Now if we look at it from inside the Leela. Krishna's making, Krishna's very eager to do his dharma at herding a cows. And he'll mention that to his parents and say, I must go cow herding. And he'll say, you know, because the Brahmins must, uh, you know, mother, you sort of say, well, why not, you know, you want to become a cow herder? Why not? You got your, your dad's got 900 cows. And there's a lot of assistance here on the, you know, in the, that help him with the cows. You're the son 
of the king of the cowherds. So why should you go cowherding? You know, you, you don't have to do that. Well, we can get others to, to do that. She doesn't spoil him, you know. But Krishna says, well, that would be fine, mother. But, uh, you know, but should we ask a Brahmin boy to have someone else learn the recitals and, and recite the, you know, the mantras? And he'll speak like this about the importance of dharma, religion. And Mother Yastoda would, oh, he's so religious. He's such a, he's so dharmic. Mother Yasoda, Mother, Mother Sachi, when, she, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will offer the bog, she thought, oh, he's a see, so my son is so religious. He's a good Vaidhi Bhakta. <laughs> and she take great pleasure in this. So, um, but what Krishna's really doing is he's, he's disguising himself as, a, as being dharmic and a cowherder because he wants to play with his friends in, in a forest. Not that he doesn't love the cows, he does and so forth, but his main preoccupation here is the, the, uh, the, the, the preo bhakti rasa. Hmm? So it's all a ruse. Hmm? And then, not with regard to Balaram, but with regard to Krishna, it goes a step further. In the disguise of, of uh, being... Uh, uh, adhering to the dharma of a coward boy, hmm? he's using that as an excuse to get out into the forest and meet with the gopis. Right? Hmm? Now, that's not why Balaram's doing that. That, that. He has his gopis, but they don't play the same kind of role in his life as Krishna's gopis play in Krishna's life. Right? For Ram, Krishna's the focus. Hmm? For Krishna, the gopis <laughs> are, are the focus. And Ram indirectly will assist him as Nityananda Bhuhil directly assist him and let everybody know. We've talked about that. So a nice point here brought out in the verse about Krishna's cow herding. And then the verse goes on, as we've heard, as the summer season characterized by excessive heat, heat waves that are unpleasant. And Sukadev uses the word natiprayan. So it's, 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 it's unpleasant. Preo means pleasant, pleasing. Nati preyan means unpleasing. And preo bhakti is, is the sakyarasa, the term, as I said, used by, invoked by Rupa Goswami to describe um, uh, use of this fraternal love. So the heat of the summer, this is the month now, the time of year, is unpleasant. Excessive. I mean, Braj, even today, is on the border of the Rajasthani Desert. And many years ago, I read something, or somebody read it to me, in, in the World Book of Records at the hottest place record at that time, anyway, was in, in, in right there. Hmm? Hot. Um, so, it's described here as unpleasant, an unpleasant feature of the summer. Nati pray on the Shariyuram to the senses. Hmm? However, the third verse goes on to say that, that despite the fact that it, that it was summer in Vrindavan and summer is characterized by excessive heat, the implication here is that in service to that which is pleasing to Krishna, the preo bhakti hmm, that's being showcased here, that the summer 
the heat of the summer disappeared. Hmm? The excessive heat, just heat, just hot enough to say, let's go swimming. Hmm? But not so hot that you have to have to sit in front of an air conditioner or one of those used to be those crazy water coolers in Vrindavan was terrible. May, June. I mean, it was so hot. I mean, that it didn't get, you know, it was like 105 at night, 120 in the day. You t- you, by the, before you got out of the shower, the cold shower, you would be sweating or t- perspiring entirely. Um, so if you have any, some of you have some experience of the, the brudge heat, you can relate to what's being described here. But the seasons, the transcendental seasons of brudge. Hmm? I should read the verse. The transcendental season, they must be mentioned in the verse. Yeah, Braja Brikridador Evam Gopala Chadmamaya Grismo Namartur Abhavan Natiprayan Charirinam. It says, Grismo means summer. Namatur, uh, how do you say, um, Ritu. Ritu means like uh, season, Rita. It, uh, in Braj, of course, this is village life, so they will live um, and, and respond according to the seasons. There's nothing like, you know, it's coming in from Dwarka, you know, there's a shipment, you know, of this or that. It's what, what grows in that season, that's what you've got, and, and um, how that season shows itself you you know live live accordingly and and you communicate with nature also through rituals so there are corresponding rituals that govern their life that are determined you know by the by the by the seasons this ritual would perform in this season this ritual in that season and the, the whole idea of course uh, is is that uh, uh, the word rita, I think it means like it, it implies a, that the world is teleological. It has meaning. It has it has purpose and so forth. Now, of course, here we're in the brudge, and in it, and and these are this is a, this is a different um, set of seasons. Of course, there are six seasons in, in India, uh, but here the seasons are transcendental. So they're responding to the fact that summer, other than the excessive heat, is a fun time. Hmm? Because, well, the days are longer. Hmm? I mean, everybody knows. Everybody, it's a time for fun. School's out, whatever. I mean, now it's summer. Hmm? We can be more active. It, it, it lends to more fun activities. It's, it's a fun time. It's a point is being made here in the third verse. Hmm? It's a time for fun. But the time for fun is is getting being and the fun here that's being showcased is the is this prayobhakti right, hmm? this pleasing sakirasa. But the heat's getting in the way, so it gets out of the way in service to Krishna's uh, pursuits of summer fun with his friends and, uh, as it said in the third verse, what. Uh, Sacha Brindaban Gunair Vasanta Ivalakshita. So the lakshita, the characteristic of spring hmm, manifested characteristic of spring in the summer, plus the summer characteristics that add to the fun. So the apps, in other words, the, the spring manifested 
sufficiently to take out the excessive heat, hmm? keeping all the other good qualities of summer in place. Hmm? And such is the transcendental nature of Krishna's, um, of, of the Vrindavan forests. So, however, in the presence of Bhagawan, Ram, and Keshavji, the summer felt pleasing and spring-like in the absence of such heat waves amidst summer's summer season's auspicious characteristics, such as its longer days, by which is well known as a time for fun. Hmm? Behold, such is the mystical nature of Vrindavan. Hmm? And as I said, we won't go into the details of the descriptions that come in the next four verses about the season and how it showed itself and, and, and so on. So this is where we're going. And we're going with the vehicle of the Sadakadeha. And it's going to take a long time like this class has taken a long time. So hope you're in for the, for the long, long haul here. Um, so. Some of my disciples who received Harinam from me some time ago, um, I spoke with a group of them. So you were there except for, uh, yeah, but you've, uh, that, that's been recorded, Kambijai, so you can, you can hear that. Um, I mentioned to them that I would I'd like to uh, give them the Gopal Mantra, which is the, the main mantra of our Diksha Mantras, um, and um, there was a number of reasons I explained those to you. One of them, which is, I don't know when we'll meet again. The world is is, is uh, up in uh, um, upper grabs, but other reasons as well. So those of you who there heard me, if you if you would like to receive that mantra, you can come forward right now. If you don't, there's no no problem. Oh, you, you can you can wait. You, you, yeah, you can come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to just give you the Gopal mantra. Mm -hmm. Typically, we give other mantras as well, and I explain the reasons why I'm going to do this. I'm not going to explain that to everybody. Uh, so it's not a one size fits all necessarily here. Okay, and. Um, now I want you to chant this Gopal Mantra on your beads, and one one round every day. Okay, you want to do that? Okay. What about you? Okay, <laughs> and you, you. All right. So, uh, and uh, this is uh, um, it should help you with. Uh, chanting the Maha Mantra, which you're supposed to be doing also more than one time around. I think you all shared with me the number of rounds you are trying to chant every day, right? Right? Good. Okay, so come. I'm going to give you this mantra, and then I will have um, um, uh, Brigapod. You can send everybody here an email, the mantra written out. Okay? An email. Okay. 
appreciated. Come, come be joined. I also, no, I tricked you because I'm going to ask you to do something else too. You have to read, well, no, if you don't speak English, it will be difficult. You have to get some help. But uh, you have to read this section, at least, of Gopal Thapanupanishad with my commentary, where the Gopal Mantra, its history is explained and some, some of its significance. That said, reading about it, hearing about it, will not comprehensively reveal the significance that will come from giving yourself to the mantra swaha means at the end to give yourself i give myself the words the names of krishna's mantra are all in the dative case so i'm giving myself to krishna i give myself to govind i give myself to gopijana balaba hmm? and how will you give yourself well like 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 the devotees of braj give themselves led by radha herself hmm? very fullest form of sacrifice or or the love that's born from the womb of sacrifice. As I said, every devotee has a little bit of Radha in them, right? A little Ladini. So try to grow that, so to speak. It's, 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 as we've heard before, it grows. <laughs> it's full and it grows. So you try to grow that and, 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 and re, 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 reinvest yourselves in in spiritual practice, okay? Jai. Good Premanande, okay? Next, next, next. Pardon me? Oh, Gopal Zapani is in a Polish, yes. How do you say that? 
Can you say that in Polish? Can you say that? Okay, now we have another group of devotees that are have not been initiated by me. These were all initiated by me. They're all my disciples. And now some of you are who are my disciples by hearing and so forth and Siksha will come forward for initiation. So you can come first, right? Okay, that's a good idea. So let's bring it, beginning with those who have, mm, have who I will give Harinam to, who, who are newer devotees. Yeah, come. Okay, thank you. Get some help here. Come lift her hair. Yeah, no. some help. Best I've ever done that. <laughs> Proud of myself. Okay, that's this is there's five ingredients here to the initiation. I think the this uh, idea comes from Baladevid Bhusan and picked up by Bhakti Thakur. So the five ingredients are Nam, so a name, um, Krishna Das, Krishna Dasi, for example. Um, Pundra, Urdhva Pundra means that this kind of tilak, not this way, like the shy bites. Hmm? So I've given you that. That's our uh, identifying characteristic. When Prabhupada was first coming to America and he had to apply for a visa, they asked him any distinguishing bodily characteristics. He said, Vishnu tilak. <laughs> he wrote that on the application. So then there's tapa. Tapa means austerity, penance. Um, so the penance is um, oh here um, in some sampradayas and like Ramanuja sampradaya they brand the devotees with like the symbols of Vishnu, like a tattoo. But we Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a little softer, so <laughs> we'll put a 
write Krishna's name or Ram's name. Mm. Yeah, I think we'll do that. That hurt? It's tapa, so. Rama. Says Rama. Balarama. So that's Pundra, Urdva Pundra, Tapa. The Yagya will be the Sankirtan of chanting the name. Chanting the names on your beat, you should chant out loud. Not too loud. No. I mean, that's a daily practice. Yeah. And then. Um, What's the other two? Nama and Mantra. Right. So, the Mantra is the Maha Mantra for you. And so you have a chance to That's the play of the play of Balaram that we've been reading about, Ram and Krishna, the Kali. I'm very happy to be as a student. I'm very I see that you're very interested and enthusiastic. You have good association there in Bulgaria. <laughs> you're an inspiration to me, I can tell you that. Look young also. Okay, come, Indra. Now you. <laughs> okay, I'm over here. Okay, very good. Very good. <laughs> Neck beads in the box. Okay. <laughs> You're quite the artist, huh? <laughs> Do you have a new album out now? No. New CD? No. You're a very good musician. Okay. So. Some help is required. There you go.
Darling, darling Krishna, does he? <laughs> Don't forget that part. <laughs> Is anyone else in that category? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes.
Get confused by that. <laughs> Rasaraj, Mahabhav, Dui, these two, Ek Rup, they come together in one form as Chaitanya Mahabhu. So you two can serve together for the rest of your life, hopefully. So, I was going to give them the other mantras too. But it's like not, you know, that'd be a lot to do right here. So some of you who you know, just initiated from were previously in the Rinda Mission, and um, you're accustomed to some other Diksha mantras along with the one that I've given you, the main Diksha mantra, like Guru Gayatri, Guru Gayatri, and so forth. Um, so I want to give you those too, but it's not very convenient here right now to do that. So we will have to do that. Um, um, soon. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Okay? Before we go. All right. So it's been very nice to sit with you. I feel better today. I've been ill and I... I, I, I 
unfortunately, I made everybody else sick here too. <laughs> so you have to look at it as a metaphor for you know the effects of sadhu sangha. It's contagious. <laughs> All right. So uh, we get together tonight too. We'll see. Uh, I think I'll come tonight, and maybe we'll continue the discourse. Open for questions. We'll see. Gaur Premanandi. Gaur Bhaktavrinda Keja.